Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Contribute at Patreon or get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. I'm, I know very little about you. We <laughs> awkwardly stared at each other for the last eight minutes. It's everything about the concept is what we don't do anymore. We don't just have conversations with people where there's not an agenda. Right? It's like meeting a stranger in a parking lot or something and then like, hey, you want to have coffee? <laughs> yes. Oh, so how are you, you doing? How's your day? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we are live here with Coffee with Humans with my soon-to-be new friend, Christina. She's still actually a stranger. I only met her about eight minutes ago. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans. Two people just bumping into each other randomly and saying, hey, let's grab coffee. Before we got on the broadcast, I was thinking if we could have this discussion anywhere, where would that be? And I came up with, we, we could be sitting in Iceland in a hot spring. Lovely. So if you could have this discussion anywhere, where would it be for you? Love this question. I'm stumped right now. I'm not really a... Uh beach person in terms of getting in with the aquatic life but i do like to be near it and feel the breeze from it and so anywhere by a beach what drew you to clicking the button to have coffee with me was searching and i found this one and it grabbed me it pulled me in and it just seemed your podcast and coffee with humans seemed very welcoming that you were really eager and enjoyed just making meaningful connections coffee with humans is like sunday brunch (laughs) i love sunday brunch (laughs) okay good because well you're in the right place only there's no food um (laughs) it is live now with coffee with humans on a fantastic thursday afternoon uh with my new friend maz how are you today sir i'm doing well how about yourself uh i'm doing very well it's, I'm glad to have you on uh, Coffee with Humans. As we were talking just before the broadcast, you scheduled this probably about three months ago. Uh, yeah. And you forgot that you had scheduled it when, when the calendar invite came upon you, which is, uh, which is my, the opposite experience I had, which was I've seen this on my calendar for three months. <laughs> and, and I was waiting for you. <laughs> no, it's great. You know, I'm uh, glad uh, you could have me on. Um, you know, I've seen uh, your show before, so you know, I've seen a few of the, the various different podcasts on YouTube and stuff, so I really like it. Um, I like the whole format and everything, so I'm you know, glad you could have me on. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, today, You, I, I always ask when, when people sign up on the calendar invite if there's something that's particular on their mind. And now I'm kind of rethinking that because I feel like that was on their mind <laughs> three months ago, and, and then today it's like, you know, something else could be on their mind too, but you're, you're stayed pretty consistent. You said that uh, small businesses, the effects of COVID and then raising capital was on your mind when you signed up. And it seems like it's still on your mind today because we just titled this chat growing your business. Uh, and that seems, seems the con- kind of consistent thing in your mind, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it definitely is. Um, I think it's in the forefront, you know, when you look across the board, um, the effects of COVID, uh, especially with small businesses, I feel felt that they were hit the hardest. Um, so coming out of this, um, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, we try to work with a lot of our clients because um, we primarily work with a lot of early stage growth stage companies in terms of assisting them to, you know, raise capital for their business. But, you know, a lot of it is, you know, making sure that they're at that point where a potential investor would feel that they're investable. Um, so part of that is, you know, the effects of COVID and coming out of it and, 
know, bouncing back. So it's definitely something that we kind of deal with on a day-to-day basis with a lot of our clients. Did you see that during COVID or throughout this process that there had been more early stage companies coming out of this or is, are there fewer or is it about the same? You know, I, I think there's more, um, you know, yeah. I'll be completely honest with you. I think a lot of people had that time away, you know, whether it was during the lockdown or, you know, just being at home or working from home and just kind of reanalyzing things. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you're at home and you're kind of done with the binge watching of Netflix or, you know, whatever you've been doing, um, your mind kind of wanders. And I think during that time, a lot of, you know, people come up with You come up with a lot of different ideas and you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, you look for, you know, things like this to kind of push you towards, you know, better things, good, you know, better, you know, better cause, better things for you, whatever it may be. Um, so I definitely do see that there is an uptick in a lot of more early stage growth stage businesses entering the market this year. I think uh, if I if I had to um, think about it from my own personal experience, two two uh, two things come to my my mind. One is the idea of necessity of the, is the mother of invention, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have have seen now that the necessity of just taking hold of their own futures rather than relying on you know I've I've got this great job with great benefits at this big company realized you know wow that could just be torn down tomorrow. Uh, because of a global pandemic. So what I thought was sure is not sure or as sure as I thought it was. And so I need to grab hold of that. So the, the idea of necessity. And I think the other thing that I that that I think is at play here is that uh, individuals um, tend to think about starting something, but always have kind of like a, they're not totally committed to it. It's got this backup plan. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to stay at my current job and I'd like to start this thing. And they talk about it with family and friends for forever and never do anything about it. And and now when it's like, well, I, you know, my backup plan was my it's not there anymore. I might as well just do this, like throw caution to the wind and let's let's just go out there. Is that kind of what you're seeing or what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think coming out of the pandemic, you know, um, aside from, you know, just starting a business, I think a lot of it. A lot of people, you know, have had that time to put things in perspective. You know, what's important to them, what's not important to them. Um, I think a lot of people coming out of this really value um, a lot of things that maybe they didn't value or just didn't really have the time to, you know, sit there and you know, really think about. So I think once you have a little bit more perspective in your life, you have a better gauge in terms of where you're at. You can make a better a more rational decision. And, you know, I think it, it kind of pushes you to kind of, you know, take that leap of faith, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people have, you know, gone down that path where they've had a lot of those thoughts, um, especially with the unfortunate, you know, events of, you know, so many people unfortunately passing away and, you know, you question your mortality. Um, so that kind of lights a fire under a lot of people as well to kind of, you know, think about it, you know, where, you know, there is, you know, sometimes, you know, you just have to kind of, you know, really just go towards something and not sit there and just talk about it. Um, right. So I think a lot of those things play a big role in where people are at these days. Yeah, no, I think I, I think the uh, you, you bring up a good a, a good thought on that, this idea of mortality. It puts things in perspective mm-hmm. if you think that. Because I, you know, I've I've admittedly lived for many years thinking, well, you know, I'll die someday, but. I don't know when that is. It's probably a long time from now. It's probably going to be, you know, uneventful in my sleep and painless and, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. And until then I'll just, you know, work, 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 work. 
And, and I think one of the things that COVID has done is because um, it's, it's touched each one of us in, in a very personal way, whether it was in our, you know, changing the characteristics of our jobs or losing our jobs or uh, you know, like you talk about someone passing away or someone being in the hospital for a long time and worried that they're going to pass away. Uh, that the idea that there is an end, that end could be now. What are you going to do with, what are you going to do with today? What are you going to do with this moment? And, 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 uh, and back to that idea of like, well, Hey, you know, why not? Why not just press ahead with this thing? Because what am I so afraid of? You know, I could be gone tomorrow and I'll, and I'll, you know, I will have missed the opportunity to do the thing that I really wanted to do, but I was really afraid to do it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think you make a, bring up a great point. And then, you know, a lot of it is also with that time that a lot of people had with family, you know, mm. most of the time these days we live, a, you know, a, in, a, in a society where, you know, people are working, have their jobs, they're working around the clock, you know, you may have time on the weekends with your kids, sometimes, you know, time to spend time with your family, all of those things become really important when you do get that time to spend that time with everybody. And then you realize that, okay, how do I create my own destiny to have control that, you know, um, running your own business and owning your own business gives you some of those, you know, luxuries to control your own destiny where you can control, um, you know, the time that you have to spend with your children or your parents or your loved ones. Um, So I think a lot of that also kind of motivates a lot of people to, want to have that opportunity to really control their destiny um, as opposed to sitting there and, you know, working your traditional nine to five and, you know, in three weeks off, you know, pay time off and things like that. In your experience, uh, are, are people, are the types of companies being formed different, differently structured uh, or doing different things than, than what you saw before the pandemic due to the fact that people are reconsidering how they shape how they shape their lives and their families around or with their businesses, or is it, is it kind of back to the, you know, back to the same old, same old, you know, I I mean, you know, I would say that, you know, there's a bigger change in the, within the last five to 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of, you know, with everything that's going on uh, around us, I think it's kind of pushes a lot more creativity. Uh, for people to just really just sit there and not look at things, you know, when some of these people that are creating these businesses and these novel ideas, they're not just sitting there and being coming in with that goal of, oh, I can make money off of this product or, you know, whatever that or the service that they provide. I think it, it comes more to, you know, really spending that time to put a lot of thought into it, um, understanding is there a true need for something like this? Um, is this something that could be beneficial to somebody? Um, and then you get to that point where, you know, money is always a byproduct of all of these things. Um, and, you know, in working with a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs, I find that the ones that truly are more focused on creating a great product and, uh, you know, a great service or great offering are the more successful ones. The ones that come in with, okay, I'm just trying to replace my nine to five job or make X amount of dollars, they're not really gonna get to that level. Cause you know, I feel, you know, there's different stages in starting your business, but they're not gonna go so deep to really, you know, rip apart something to really look at it 
um, through the lens of, you know, uh, through a, an objective lens, as opposed to somebody that's just trying to, you know, make a dollar. Yeah, I think that's I I think that's um, a mis, um, misinterpretation of, of value chain. So if a person, if I as an entrepreneur wants to start something and I think that I'm supposed to derive the most value from this, then the whole organization subconsciously or consciously becomes about what I'm going to get out of it. And, and then, and then we sacrifice at the time at the customer instead of, instead of the value chain being, I'm going to create something that people highly value and I'm going to benefit last in that process. And there's, and I think people get that confused, especially in, um, in, in this rise of, of, uh, uh um, what's the what's the word yeah uh, the uh like kind of almost like an instant celebrity I'm, oh influencer there we go i'm gonna be an influencer it's like no you're a salesperson but you know you're like you're like a billboard you're a human billboard Ta-da! that's what you are you're a salesperson that and instead of creating this long-term you know this long-term value that people consume and they value themselves and then we just get you know we get value from you know investing our time and effort into it yeah, it, it, you know, and a lot of it is um, that you have to be open to change as well. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at a lot of entrepreneurs, where they start is not where they end up. You know, so <laughs> part of that is is you're going to be on the fly making adjustments to you know whatever your business may be and perfecting it. You know, you're not going to mm-hmm. go there and and day one create a business plan and be executing on it ten years down the line the same business plan with no adjustments, no changes. Um, it doesn't work like that. Um, so, you know, the entrepreneurs that realize that, okay, this is where the start is, but this is, doesn't necessarily mean that this is where I'm going to finish. Um, cause I'm going to make the adjustments. I'm going to make the changes. I'm going to look at, you know, whoever my customers are or clients and, you know, value their feedback and make those adjustments as I'm going and growing, you know, whatever business I may be you know, running. Yeah. Super, super important key. I think that many people miss out on instead. And you probably see this all the time that they, that people are in love with the idea that they have and they bring it to, and they're like, this is such an amazing idea. I'm going to open this. If you sign this document, because it's so great and amazing. And you open it, you're like, Ooh, I'm not certain that's going to fly. Have you talked to anybody else about it? And they're like, no, no, no. I'm, I don't know. We have not talked to any potential customers. This is so amazing and re- and revolutionary to life. I have, I was a guy, um, it was, it was kind of funny. I was, I used to run these startup weekends uh, and I still facilitate startup weekends um, around the, around the country. And uh, there was a guy once who, who um, kind of new, new professional. And one of his concepts at the time was a, he thought, you know, normally you buy these big shampoo bottles and big conditioner bottles. But if you're traveling, how do you bring all those things with you? I think we could make a better little bottle. And I was like, have you been like, how long have you, how long have you been traveling? I know my travel might be new to you, but as far as I'm concerned, those squeeze bottles have been around for 50 years, probably, probably since plastic could be molded. And, and he's like, really, really? And I was like, yeah, totally, man. They're like Kmart. They're like a dollar. Could you make a better, better, less? Could you make a better or less expensive? Like, where's the gap in the marketplace? And he, but he was so excited about that and it held off that idea from, from be, uh, he didn't want to talk to, talk to anybody about it because he thought it was so amazing. And I think it represents that we all, I think at times 
uh, have a, have some sort of blind spot where we think, man, this is so amazing. We yeah. let, instead of instead of like the classic entrepreneur, I think, which is analyze the marketplace, look for the gap, and then go start talking to people and say, hey, do you see this gap? Is this a gap for you? How would you how would you price that? How would you expect that to act? How would you expect it to look? And then start developing off that, even understanding that that, that first iteration is probably going to change. And by the time you you know eventually produce this thing and send it to the public, or you know produce a produce a service or a website or a web app or whatever it is, it's it's it might be vastly different from what you dreamt up on a napkin, you know, with your friends. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think that's a great point, and you know that validation is so important. Um, cause I think, you know, it, it's that syndrome, you know, we all have blinders on, you know, I, I think we, you know, my kids are the, the best looking kids in the world, you know, <laughs> and you, you have that blinders and those blinders on, and especially with something, you know, such as, you know, for those entrepreneurs that, you know, are that inventor or that creator, um, it's a skill, you know, it's, a, it's a talent, you know, so, you know, just because you create something or you build something or you develop something doesn't necessarily mean that that is the product that you take out to the marketplace. You know, it's, you know, the way I look at it is, is if you're that basketball player, that first shot doesn't mean that that's all you have in the tank. That's not going <laughs> to find you, you know, you Good point. Keep on going back out there, you got to keep on practicing and, you know, you, you kind of develop. So it, you know, that first product that you, build or develop or create doesn't necessarily mean that that is the one that you need to take out there. Um, but, you know, of course, it's like you said, you know, getting a, that market validation, you know, whether, you know, even before, you know, creating a prototype or whatever the case may be, it's going out there and doing your research, doing your homework, seeing what is the market um, and then seeing how, how can I break into this market? You know, because, you know, that's the biggest challenge for a lot of companies is, you know, a lot of the, the bigger players, they dominate certain markets. So they make it very expensive, very challenging, very difficult um, to kind of get in there. If you, you know, have created, you know, the newest um, keto um, uh, energy bar and you're, you know, trying to get shelf space, you know, in a big box retailer, guess what? That's pretty difficult. Um, <laughs> so there's different stages to it, but, you know, you don't necessarily have to be on the shelf of Target or Walmart right off the bat. Um, you can try going direct to consumer. You could start going towards, you know, smaller, you know, uh, gyms and things of that nature and getting in front of, you know, clients and collecting, you know, testimonials from customers and things like that and building up that brand and taking it that way. And, you know, off in the beginning, if you're noticing that, okay, I'm getting this in front of, you know, uh, a small sample size of people, but they don't like it. <laughs> then guess what? You got to make some adjustments to it. That doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, they don't understand what, you know, they're, they're, they're having or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I've noticed to, to that, to that point is that many times when, when people, when entrepreneurs get feedback on their concepts, they immediately turn it back around on the person and say, well, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. That person's stupid. Like these big broad brush, you know, uh, to, to, to diminish, you know, the, the honest feedback that the person gave them. And I think, I, I, I think one of the, one of the challenges, one of the opportunities for entrepreneurs uh, is to be able to accept that feedback and think, okay, what do I need to understand about 
this individual and how they're and how they're perceiving or how they're using my product or service. Um, and what can I learn from that? Because I think we have much more to learn in those moments mm-hmm. than we under than we believe that we have to learn. No, I mean that's that's a great point. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you look at you know a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, whatever their business is, is, is essentially it's an extension of who they are, right? Because um, it's come from a lot of time and effort and hard work and you know a lot of thinking and all of those things so you know we as humans sometimes have a hard time of accepting uh criticism you know and you know i think that's one of the biggest characteristics of the more successful entrepreneurs are the ones that are don't look at it as you know uh, somebody's taking a shot at you necessarily but it take it as constructive criticism you know see you know how you can you know better whatever you're taking because at the end of the day the more open you are to taking that constructive criticism, the better uh, product or service you can develop for yourself. Um, so that that's a that's a key characteristic for a lot of successful entrepreneurs is they're you know they have uh, they have tough skin. You know they're not going to sit there and you know um, you know get all uh, uh, you know sensitive and frustrated and angry and you know show all of these emotions. They're just going to take a step back and really analyze things and see what the criticism is and what they could do to, you know, essentially alleviate whatever that criticism may be. Yeah. I'm curious, um, uh, when you see inventors, uh, you, I think you talked, you brought the word inventors uh, a minute ago, you see an inventor with a great, you know, great idea. He obviously he or, he, uh, he or she is a great inventor, but they're not the person to run the company. How do you address, how do you address that type of, uh, situation, you, you know, so, so, you know, from my perspective, you know, if you're a person with a great idea and you may come to us saying, Hey, um, I want to find an investor for this idea or concept. That's not necessarily something that we can help, but we will give them guidance. So the first thing that we would say is if they created a product is try to get the product patented. Try to get a patent on the product because that's a great way to first see because, you know, you'd be surprised that, you know, so many things out there that you think of, oh, this would be a great idea. I don't see it anywhere. And then you find out later on that that product has already been patented, but nobody kind of did anything with the patent. Um, So that's one thing is you want to protect whatever you have, because if you just have an idea or concept, anybody could take it from you. Right. So that's how you protect yourself is getting that patent, maybe getting a prototype developed. Um, but then it's, you know, it's having that conversation, that tough conversation with them in the sense of, okay, what is your strategy and how are you going to kind of implement a lot of those things, whether it's from an operational standpoint, from a sales and marketing standpoint, whatever the case may be. And if they're having a tough time kind of giving you that plan that makes sense, those are the times then you would make that suggestion of kind of bringing somebody in that kind of has that expertise um, to kind of assist them in terms of taking, you know, whatever the product they may have to market. Yeah. How did you get into doing this type of work? Yeah. So I started off um, in bulge bracket uh, banking. Um, So I worked for a lot of the larger players out there. Um, I started off like everybody, like as an analyst, um, really at that point, you don't really truly understand everything because you're only seeing a, a, 
very small sample size of the whole process. So, you know, you don't really realize how big, how many different layers and how many people are involved in it when a deal gets completed, especially on a larger uh, deal. Um, so, you know, I've always had, you know, uh, enjoyed um, the whole capital raising finance, per financing perspective, you know, just, you know, seeing companies go from, you know, ground zero to, you know, taking it to that next level. So that's always been something that's always been very interesting to me. And, you know, um, so I started off on the bulge bracket and, you know, worked for a couple of bulge bracket shops. And then I kind of uh, moved over and worked for a couple of boutique investment banking shops. And that's really where I got a lot of exposure and different, you know, understood different aspects of business and, um, you know, really, you know, at that point, um, kind of pushed me towards opening up my first shop, which I owned an investment banking group. Um, so I was part of that for a, a few years. And then um, from there, that's when I came up with this concept because, um, you know, like I said, the whole landscape has changed over the last five to 10 years. Um, there was a point that, you know, with early stage growth stage businesses, finding an investor um, was next to impossible. You know, most people just didn't, they wanted to only invest into you know, established businesses, business that, you know, had revenues, you know, things like that. Um, but over the last five to 10 years, there's been so many success stories of uh, early investors that have gotten involved with a lot of these companies on the ground floor and have made a lot of money off of that. Um, so it's kind of opened the doors up for a lot of investors to get involved with companies at this stage. Um, and that's really where, you know, the whole concept of SA Capital Partners kind of came in, uh, came about was that, you know, a lot of these early stage growth stage business that don't necessarily have the means to hire an investment banking firm to kind of represent them and take them to the marketplace. You know, a lot of them needed the um, kind of the handholding and, you know, giving them all the necessary tools to kind of bring in an investor. And that's, you know, where the whole concept kind of came about. Interesting. So you, you saw a gap in the marketplace because there was an inefficiency, it sounds like, mm -hmm. or an uh, inaccessibility yeah. to resources that organizations needed. And you leveraged then your experience uh, and understanding to create or fill that gap. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what is it about this work that jazzes you up? You know, it's just um, seeing, you know, clients, you know, whatever their concept, their idea is coming to fruition. So, you know, when you see those success stories um, and you kind of develop some of those relationships, um, it, you feel good about it. You know, you really see that, you know, the value and, you know, when you saw certain the growth, that's a lot of clients that you've worked with over the years that they've achieved through the years. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, validation from that perspective um, and there's, you know, developing those relationships with a lot of clients that we kind of work with. And the goal is obviously, you know, with most cl uh, clients or customers that we've kind of worked with is to develop a longstanding relationship. And, you know, as they grow and they have additional capital raising needs or M&A types of needs that they continually do come back to us. Um, so that's always nice to kind of develop those types of relationships and, you know, see, you know, some of the, these uh, entrepreneurs ideas come to fruition. That's cool. So for our viewers and listeners, uh, one of the cool things about coffee with humans and one of the unique premises of it is that I don't know 
anything about the people who come into the show. I know the name and I know, uh, know a couple pieces of information. And I, I met you, what, 30, little over 30 minutes ago? Yeah, just about. Um, and so I'm just like, I'm just unfolding and being very curious and really interested in what it is that you do and how you do it and who you are just to know you, man. And, um, and so I'm, I'm curious what, what kind of deals, what kind of deals do you do under SA Capital Partners? You know, like I said, it's primarily early stage growth stage companies, um, that we primarily target and work with. Um, if you're, you know, you know, generating some revenues, great. We'll work with you. But if you're at that larger stage, you know, you're more of an established business, then, you know, then I would, you know, we would direct you towards more going towards hiring an investment banking group to represent you and, you know, kind of going down that path. Uh, but it's primarily that early stage growth stage company, um, kind of that, you know, you have certain things in place. Um, so, you know, if you have a product or something like that, you have, you know, some sort of intellectual property. Um, where it's not just the concept. So there is a business, but it's not completely developed and maybe at this stage. Um, so those are, you know, I would say the, the clients that we primarily target and work with. Hmm. Okay. So a, a basement inventor uh, who's got something they created, they're selling maybe not many of them or selling a few of them, or, this, or, or, or are they just hatched an idea? What kind of, uh, where are you at on that spectrum? Uh, not really has the idea. Um, it's gotta be that basement invest and inventor that kind of has something as well. So, you know, if their product is patented or, you know, they, they have maybe, you know, if they're direct consumer, they have some sales to validate. Um, we need some sort of validation, you know, to kind of start with, um, we're not miracle workers. So right. if you come to me saying, Hey, I have, a uh, a new coffee cup that, you know, makes coffee by itself. And, you know, you just basically put the mug on your desk and it's gonna, you know, uh, there's gonna be coffee in there in 30 minutes. And it's like, okay, that's great. That sounds good. Um, but if that's all you have is that idea, then no, that's not necessarily something that we would work with. So you need something to show us some sort of validation. Um, at the end of the day, um, we'll work with our clients to, um, kind of prepare them, you know, make sure their I's are dotted, T's are crossed. So when they do get to that step of being in front of um, a potential investor, um, that, you know, we'll give them all the tools necessary to have that conversation with them and, um, you know, really present their opportunity the right way. Um, so at the end of the day, um, every deal has uh, a, risk, a risk level that's attached to it. Um, so we just try to work with our clients to de-risk it enough where an investor feels comfortable enough to invest into their, their, their company. That's a pretty cool idea. Uh, how long have you been doing this? Um, so I've been in the lower middle market in terms of banking for, I want to say about 12 years now. Okay. Awesome. And, and uh, I just out of curiosity, um, this 20, the 2020 COVID thing, were you getting, were you getting deals flowing to you during COVID or did it dry up? It was extremely challenging. Um, it was challenging from a perspective of, you know, obviously most investors were very skeptical. Um, they weren't looking to, you know, invest into anything at that point because they wanted to see how things would play out. Um, obviously some certain industries were hit very hard. 
Um, so from an investor's perspective, there was always that fear of another lockdown or something along those lines coming. Mm-hmm. The last thing they wanted to do was invest into something where um, somebody couldn't do anything with the money and it would just be sitting there. So um, that's where it made, it was very challenging. Um, but I would say as you know, after the first of this year, um, especially with the emergence of a lot of these vaccines that are hitting the marketplace and things are slowly starting to open up, things are starting to get back to normal now. You're seeing a rebound then, or is it it's kind of slow, it's slowly, or is it snapping back? It's snapping back. Um, you yeah. know, at this point, uh, I think um, you're you're seeing a lot more deal flow, deal activity. Um, I mean, last year, even you know, a lot of the deals that did take place um, in the lower middle market were essentially deals that were already in the works for you know prior to COVID really hitting us, um, but deals that actually took place you know, via COVID were far and few. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool, man. I love it. I've worked at startups for years and have had a couple of my own um, to varying degrees of success. Yeah. And uh, it's I, the energy behind, I think that the, the thing I love about startups, whether they exist as, as a, as an individual startup or whether it's a startup idea, like a, the concept of a startup idea with resources of a bigger company behind it, that energy of we've got something new, revolutionary, uh, that fills a need and people love it. That's, that is a, um, uh, it, it has, it has kind of like an inrush. I can't, I'm kind of I'm sensing it's like when you, um, uh, if you were to, I, I play the city building game called city skylines, uh, and there's these rivers on it. Right. And it's, uh, it, and and you can just bulldoze this whole, you know, this whole new section of river, just like with a mouse click and all this water just rushes into that space. I, it, it feels, that's the, it feels to me, that's the energy of startups where it's just like, we just create boom, this space. And then, and then we just rush towards it. We just move towards it quickly. And the, to me, that's a different energy than just sort of, sort of plodding along, just kind of doing your thing, you know, day to day, maybe it'll be different you know, six months from now, there's so much rapid change and energy that moves to it. I just find it exciting. No, I, I mean, a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, I, that's another reason um, that I love working with early stage growth stage companies because the energy that comes from an entrepreneur, it's contagious. You know, it's, they're extremely motivated. They're, you know, you know, like you said, on the, on the fly, there's, you know, every day's something different. There's nothing monotonous to it. Um, when you get to, certain stages with certain businesses that kind of get to that stage where, you know, everything is somewhat predictable. It gets, you know, kind of, you know, you don't get that same energy level. Um, But it's also those entrepreneurs that are not the type of individuals that are complacent. Um, They're looking for growth and they're continually changing. So they keep that same energy level throughout because um, when, when you have you, when you come across certain entrepreneurs where you kind of get that sense from them um, early on in terms of, OK, this guy has it's not to say necessarily whether they'll be successful or not, uh, but this guy has all the key ingredients to really push this thing to the next level because you just feel that energy, you feel that drive. Um, you know, a lot of it is, you know, it's, uh, you know, that. Uh, you know, if you're uh, an avid baseball player, or basketball player, or, or a football fan, or you know, whatever the case may be, and then you go and you see, uh, 
you know, some of these younger kids play, you feel that energy. You see them really, that excitement, um, those, the smile on their face, you know, all of those things. It's contagious. <laughs> it's like, like college ball versus pro. Exactly. Like college, college ball, everybody's scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and pro, it's like it's a kind of a laid back game. We're just making a shot, and then we run to the other side. Like you, you feel like a fight's going to break out um, in college. No, hundred percent. And um, I think I think that's you know being around that um, for anybody, it's 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 a good feeling. Um, and that's you know one of the things that I really do enjoy um, in terms of working with early stage growth stage companies is that one on one that we have a lot with a lot of different entrepreneurs in various different industries and this excitement that, you know, they bring to the table, you know, when they're explaining to you what their business model is and, you know, things like that. Well, before we get to, do you want, first of all, I should ask, do you want to play a game? Sure. Okay, great. That's the whole answer I was hoping for. If you're, if you said no, that was going to be like, mm, I was going to be all butt hurt, but we, we're going to play a game and I'm excited about that. But before we get to that, I'm going to throw you a link up here uh, and, and also ask you what, What's your advice for folks who are are hatching an idea and they're thinking maybe I need maybe I need a capital infusion maybe I need to need some assistance to take this to the next level? What are some things they should be thinking about as they come to talk to you? They should definitely have a plan in place. So you know the you know there's certain things that you kind of look for is you know as an entrepreneur you kind of have to open things up. Um, you know, whether or not you have experience in terms of putting a business plan together or anything like that, there's plenty of templates out there that you could, you know, go onto Google and find, um, get a template, sit down, put a lot of thought into it in terms of what you envision your business to be like. Um, cause at the end of the day, you have your idea, you have your concept, you have your goals, what your vision is. We can't create your vision for you. Now, what we can do is sit back and we could kind of take your thoughts and ideas and your concept and present it in a way that we can present it to an investor that they feel that this is something that's investable. Um, so you definitely have to get to that place of having those thought, those ideas, those concepts, those thoughts in your head where you can kind of lay out to somebody, okay, what is your business and what are you trying to do? Basic questions. If you're sitting there and somebody asks you, okay, what do you do? And you're stuttering and you have no idea and you haven't thought about it, then you're not at that place to having somebody invest some, some somebody's hard-earned money into your business, right? So, you know, you always say, the way I look at it is, you know, if you come up with an idea and you think about it, okay, if somebody brought the same idea to me, would I put my money into this? You know, just based off of the basic questions. If somebody can't answer basic questions, then guess what? You're not ready at that point. So you, you got to do the, the basic block and tackle and, you know, put a plan in place. And again, the plan that you put in place is not going to be the final plan. I promise you that. So, right. <laughs> you know, we'll, you know, that will, whether you hire somebody or don't hire somebody, that business plan will constantly change. You know, sometimes even on a monthly basis, it's going to change. So, um, Put in that work before you bring something to somebody just because you have an idea or a concept that, you know, you're on your way home from work and you thought about okay, uh, this would be a good, cool idea. That doesn't mess necessarily mean that, OK, you're ready to have an investor come and you know, look at what you have. Yeah. Good points. All right. Well, we're going to play a game uh, I like to call what's going to draw it. Okay. I like to call it what's going to draw it because that's what it's actually called. 
Okay. Um, I got this. I got this game uh, for Christmas, and I was so excited about it because I thought this is a great game for. This is a great game for uh, Coffee with Humans. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to have a phrase that needs to be drawn. So this, like, draw a frog sitting in a canoe headed for a waterfall. That's just an example phrase. We're each going. We're going to have one minute to draw that phrase on our pad of paper. I did prep you and asked if you had a pad of paper. You said yes, so we're good. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we'll show our final work to the screen for uh, internet posterity. Uh, and we'll and we can vote. We'll vote who wins. You can vote for yourself. So if you believe you did the best job, I encourage you to say I did the best job and vote for yourself. And if you're just, you know, open and vulnerable and say, you know, I did a really bad job and I think you did a great job, you know, vote for the other person and and we'll see where it goes. We have three of these. Yeah, you're going to have definitely a, an advantage here because my artistic ability <laughs> is not the greatest. So um, I'll definitely try. And we'll see where it goes. <laughs> I am. I'm legit a bad artist and I'm, not um, I'm not even a bad artist, so <laughs> I'll, leave that. I'll, I'll, I'll lay out that disclaimer right before we start so <laughs> this is good it's uh, a, a minute goes surprisingly fast um although it always goes like a minute all right all right here we go you ready for a first one let's go okay draw a special phone that can only call superheroes Special phone that can only call superheroes. I'm hoping you can hear the music. Can you hear the music? No, I can't hear the music. But I can see the timer. Can you hear the music now? I can hear the music. Uh, shoot. Oh, I just learned how to draw faces the other day. Thirty seconds. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't know if I'm I I don't know. We'll see about this. Three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since I suckered since I suckered you into this, I'll go I'll I'll be vulnerable and put mine up here first. This is my special phone that can only call superheroes. Um I I'm using one of those can phones, which we probably did as a kid, where you draw, you put a string between two aluminum cans. Um, I'm not certain that that qualifies as technically a phone, but it is what it is. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm up. You're up. All right. So I have, um, I would oh. say more of like a 90s phone. <laughs> with the because uh, uh, now they have the uh, touch screen so um, and it, that little figure is Superman that's flying uh, oh, yeah. and um, there's an antenna um, but yeah um, I drew definitely a blank when I was doing this so um, 
Yeah. So you, you have, do you have to know the number of the super superhero you're calling? Yeah, it's uh, it's Pete now. <laughs> so that's Superman's number one. Actually, that would be a good idea. Instead of the numbers, if you put you know, their logos, like a Superman logo, a Batman logo, and you know so Spider Man, and so on and so forth, that probably would have been a little bit better. You're pr- you're proving your point of iterating as a uh, entrepreneur into <laughs> into do some market research, market testing on that. All right, you ready for our second our, our second one here? Sure. Actually, who who do you think do you, who would you vote for for that first one? I, I should vote for you. say that. Okay, right. I'm gonna vote for me too. <laughs> I I don't know if I don't I I I need to have like a judgment panel to to see if if this really qualifies as a phone, two aluminum cans with a string. Well, I I think you know the the way I look at it. The reason I like yours because they're superheroes. So a okay. human needs technology. So these guys, because of their superhero, uh, you know, their special abilities, if they have like, you know, they can make two cans into a phone that, you know, things that an iPhone would do. So yeah, I guess if you look at it from that perspective. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll go with it. I'm just clicking buttons now. Why? Why? What's happening here? Is it this? That's it. There we go. All right. Here, here we're on. Here we're on to our second one. And draw a person with super long legs. Super short arms and a super big mouth. I just learned, I told you I just learned how to draw faces the other day. So I'm using my technique that I learned on YouTube. And Person with super long legs. Super short arms and super big. Oh no, shoot. 30 seconds. Ugh. <laughs> oh, things are going wrong. Seconds. <laughs> oh, forget it. Oh, no. One. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm... All right. What you got here? Person right. with super long legs, super short arms, super big mouth. All right. Here we go. Okay. Oh, uh, that's yeah. all right. What's the that biz? That is a big mouth. Yeah. I um. I'm gonna have to vote for yours right out of the gate uh, <laughs> because I sort of screwed up. I was using my 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 technique that I learned the other day to draw faces. Okay. And I drew the face with a small mouth, not even thinking about it. Um. So I feel like there's a disqualification um, because I didn't draw a big mouth. Well, you, well, your drawing is better than mine, but I guess if we go accordingly to the rules, I'll vote for myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third, uh, third one. So I've got, we're going to this one with a tie. Is this the, 
the deciding one or there's a few more? Uh, there's a, I only have three. I never considered. Oh, perfect. So what, what happens if there's a tie? Well, three. Yes. All right. Draw a creature with a fish head and elephant body and spider legs. Creature with a fish head, elephant body, spider legs. Creature with a fish head, elephant body, spider legs. Um. Spider legs. Turn it all. <laughs> okay. How many legs does a spider have? Six or eight? One. Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, oh. Oh. This went so bad. This was, this was beyond bad. I've never done po- so poorly. <laughs> I didn't even try to do poorly. I actually try to win these. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Look, the head, the, can you see it? There right, we go. So, yeah, that's pretty bad. It kind of looks like a turtle. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of legs. Yeah, it does look a little bit like a turtle. Yeah, it's a tiny head for such a large body. Yeah, well, I was trying to make the because uh, with the elephant body, so trying to, you know. Oh, you were going first. Ah, you know what? I can see that. Yes, of course it would, because they have an elephant body and they have a fish head. There's no fish as large as an elephant. Although, yeah. well, whale. But whale. is a whale yeah. fish? No. Is a whale fish? It's a mammal. Whale's yeah. mammal. Yeah. So, you're right. I think you you got me on that one. I, um, I, <laughs> I'll just... <laughs> I see. I see the uh, oh, the the feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something, something happened. I drew, I drew the way I drew a, an elephant. <laughs> yeah, I was really proud of the toes on the elephant. I got so trapped in that that I forgot to make spider legs. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I've never uh, won a drawing com- uh, competition ever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it's it's your day, man. Yeah. This is your moment. You you took that one uh, by force. Yeah. So nice job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, so uh, watch me draw. It's fun. Super. I think it's a. I think it's a fun game. I played it with my kids. Um, yeah, and they got into it. I don't know if you've got kids, but I got three yeah, of them. Uh, two boys. Yeah. I've got five year old. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, my youngest about fifteen and my oldest twenty one. And uh across the across the gambit, they all loved it. They got into it and I was like, All right. I'm not a bad dad. <laughs> yeah, no uh I'm trying to find something that they want to get into, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely a cool uh game. 
going to check it out. Well, I'm I'm glad you could join me, man. I I think it's great. I'm going to throw your link up there one more time uh, for SA Capital Partners LLC. Um, and you help early uh, early growth stage companies yep. get access to capital to leverage and accelerate their accelerate their growth. That's yep. a good encapsulation. Yep. Cool, man. Well, find uh, find Maz over at SACapitalPartnersLLC.com. I should have asked this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm in Chicago. Where Where are you? <laughs> I'm in Chicago as well. Uh, well, I'm in the, yeah, I'm in the uh, northwest suburbs, actually. Um, so I'm currently mm-hmm. in Hoffman Estates. Uh, oh. But yeah, I'm, uh, I travel be- between uh, New York, New Jersey, and Chicago. So a lot of travel, but awesome. not... Not as much, you know, obviously with COVID and stuff. But yeah, yes. right, right. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the Rockford area, 60 miles west. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So well, it's we good to know. Good. Some uh, great weather the last couple of days. It has been tremendous. Yeah. I put, I have a bunch of plants. I put them on my, I, uh, I put them out outside finally because they were on a, they were on this multi-level one one thousand led well it was about it's equivalent of a thousand watts right of energy okay. um multi-level things sitting in my dining room all winter and i finally moved them out oh, i think wow. over the weekend or last something like that um and i was so excited because it's like northern illinois might be changing to summer <laughs> yeah i mean i was really excited because sunday i was able to finally um, use our grill outside. So you oh. made some, you know, steaks, burgers, hot dogs for the kids. So that was uh, pretty exciting for me. Cool, man. Yep. Well, for all of our viewers and listeners, uh, this has been another episode of coffee with humans, a candid conversation between strangers who become friends. Uh, we met an hour ago and we've got to know each other during this conversation, what we do and a little bit about our lives. And, uh, we also proved that, that uh, Maz won the drawing the drawing competition. I'll do it this way. You run here better drawer than I am today. So that's exciting. Catch him at SACapitalPartnersLLC.com and Maz stick around. I'll see you in just a minute. Thanks for being on Coffee with Humans. No, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, great format, great show. Uh, like the whole concept. Um, so keep on doing what you're doing. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.